The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Jason Bryan from the Short Time Wrestling Podcast and founder of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and operated, and those opinions presented and expressed may not reflect others, the sponsors, patrons, or the parent network. Find more shows about the greatest sport in the world at the Matt Talk Podcast Network at matttalkonline.com. I'll rip your arm off. You what? Get your ass back home, get in the gym, and figure out what the hell you're doing wrong. Why is it called the five-point move? I'm frustrated with the way our Greco guys do. The United States are treated because they are good athletes, they are good human beings that, that want to win. We've got to help them get there. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Five Point Move podcast. I'm Tim Hans, founder and senior editor of FivePointMove.com. And with me is my co-host, world champ Olympic silver medalist Dennis Hall, who took the last episode off after I tried to reach him multiple times. Anyway, Hall, uh, do you want to cover the U.S. Nationals first or do you want to cover Homeland? (laughs) I'd say uh, U.S. Nationals. You don't want to talk at all about Homeland and how it was a transformational experience for both of us? Oh, it was a pretty cool show, yeah. Pretty cool show. Homeland's good. Dude, it's the best show I've ever seen. Exactly. Kind of makes you feel like you're living it. <laughs> I don't want to spoiler alert the whole thing, but the last season, season eight, were you satisfied or disappointed yep. with how it ended? No, I was satisfied. I was pretty good. Really? Did you think there would be a happier ending? Mm, no. <laughs> Up to that point. Do you think they should have continued the show? The way they left it off? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, let me ask you this. All right, because obviously we're not going to spend a half hour on it. I would, but yeah. what would you say was your favorite season, if you had to pick one, if you could think about it for a second? I think I think like the first and second seasons were really to me they were pretty interesting. Yes. A lot of the stuff, you know, with uh, the government, you know, and how it, how it kind of, I mean, it just kind of opens up your eyes a little bit. I think seasons one and two are probably the best, but I think the first like five or six episodes of season three are the best five or six episodes of the entire series. Yeah, where she like, no, I pretended that she was melting down and she put herself basically in the mental hospital and that was all yep. you know whatever that was all part of the operation that was crazy i did i i believed every second yep. of it no. and the fact that she no, even know. acted crazy the fact that she even acted crazy around everyone like she never turned it off like she never turned it off she like kept it going it's Oh, my gosh. What a show. What a show. Yep, for sure. No, it was pretty cool. I, I Once I got into it. Yeah, you hardcore got into it. I, you really hardcore got into it. I'm going to get his Homeland shirts. I'm going to look them up. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm going to get I'm going to get yeah. them. I think they have them. All right, well, let's just plow into some wrestling stuff here, some Greco stuff more specifically. And the theme of this episode with the two guests, first up is Jesse Porter. After that is Sam Hayeswinkle. Sam's a little different because we talk rankings more with Sam. But I just guess that the way to open this up would be to ask a very simple question. 
and that is, given the current circumstances, if you could, I don't want to say rewind, but put yourself in the place of an active current athlete, would you be participating in the national tournament coming up next month? You know, I, I probably would be. You know, you got the trials hopefully in April. You know, who knows when they're going to be. So a tournament wouldn't be a bad thing. Go out and test your skills and go have some fun. You know, get get away from the crazy world that we're living in. You know, right now, how many of the guys ain't even on a wrestling mat? The guys that are able to train, you'd think you'd want to get some competition and, and see what's working, what's not. Use it as a test series. What about the idea that if you participate in this national tournament, would it plant a seed in your mind that you don't know if you're going to get any other matches between, let's say, October and April? Would that matter to you at all either in your decision-making process? No, I, I think, you know, tournaments are good at this point. You know, it, it, it wouldn't matter if you wrestle in the national championship. You know, that, that's my thought process. Are you surprised that it looks like it's actually going to go off? No, I'm not surprised. I mean, they've been having youth wrestling tournaments and haven't had any major problems. So I, it doesn't surprise me. I, I think it's a good thing. I, I think it's what needs right now. People, you know, we need to get back to our regular everyday lives. How about the fact that in Europe, a lot of these nations are operating normally? Like they are starting to get tournaments going in Hungary. They're starting to get tournaments going in Denmark. Bulgaria. A lot of these countries ain't facing an election in two months. No, I, I mean, yeah, that says a lot right there. So, you know, and overseas, a lot of them with Sweden. Sweden's been one of the examples of how to do it right. You know, the herd mentality. You know, they're, they're living their life. They're able to do things. You're not locked in your house and afraid to go anywhere. It is what it is. I mean, I, I stay in shape, so I'm not afraid of it. If, it and like me and you talked earlier, uh, you know, if, if coronavirus and I die, that's on me. That ain't on anybody else. And you know what? I wel- I'd welcome it because we got it at that point. So I'm, I'm not going to live the way... They're telling me I should be living, you know, and I think the overseas guys, you know what, they're probably a couple, two, three weeks ahead of where the United States is because it's just where it originated. So, you know, hopefully they can get things going and, and we can have an Olympic Games next summer. Oh, there's going to be an Olympic Games. I mean, the Japanese Olympic Committee president just came and said virtually the same exact thing. He said games have to happen. I think the words were at all costs. Yep, good. <sighs> Man, I said this to Hayeswinkle. I was like, can you believe this is real? Like, this is real life that we're dealing with. It's like a freaking nightmare, dude. It's like Groundhog Day. This is COVID, 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 COVID. I'm so sick of the news, I want to throw my freaking hand through the uh, TV screen. There is nothing positive on it. What is the exact situation in Wisconsin currently? Governor issued a mask mandate. It's supposed to expire sometime in September. Um, he's not sure if he's going to extend it. You know, a lot of the sheriffs in the state have said that they won't enforce it. They ain't even going to respond to it. I love those guys. You know, um, some of the stores, uh, require you to do whatever you got to do, but it's just, it's a weird time, man. Then you have, you know, our schools right now, uh, some schools are going full time. Some guys are going, some are going strictly online. It's, it's insane, man. I feel bad for the kids.
Well, I feel bad for the kids, if only because everybody brings up the same things. They bring up education and interaction. And it's like, I don't even care about the education part of it. Uh, and I don't mean to sound arrogant saying that. It's just the kids are going to learn. Maybe they're better off not. But they need social interaction, man. Right. Yes. The kids do. That's what's, you know, it's it's scary. Man. You don't know how, how depressed kids are. I mean, I, I talk to my kids all the time, but what's going through their minds? It, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough when you look at statistics that say that suicide rates have skyrocketed by orders of magnitude amongst people under the age of 19. No, I, I get it. I mean, that, me and you talked way early when this all started, and I told you suicides are going to jump. I don't know. It's just a crazy time. If you would have told me 2020 was going to be like this, I would have said, what the hell are you smoking? You know, it's just crazy. It's crazy. It is. It, it seems like your perception of time is thrown off because it's like you don't know if it seems like this all happened two weeks ago when it first started or if it's been going on for five years. All right. Well, let's pivot quickly pivot back to some Greco-Roman concerns, and that is after the national tournament, there's a shot. There's a chance. There's a – I don't know what the percentage chance is, but there's a chance there's going to be some sort of domestic competition between October and April. Uh, well, October and the last chance qualifier, let's say. Okay? Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to say what it is just yet because I don't know if it's going to happen and I don't want to step on anybody's toes or whatever else. But let's say that even does not occur. And you are a third, fourth year senior. You're 24, 25 years old. You're pretty good. Haven't quite broken through yet. Whatever. Okay? Yeah. Would not having any competition between October and April like, would you sympathize with somebody who is anxious and bothered over the fact that they might not have any other competitions between October and April? You know, you can have competitions in your practice room. I mean, I used to do matches in my practice room when I was training. So it's all all how you individually look at it. You just got to know you're ready. I mean, for April, that's all that matters, man, is did you do everything you could do to make the team? And if you didn't, if you didn't, then you got to figure it out. What do you think about the idea that a senior world championships may not happen in December? Do you think that's surprising? You know, no, it's not surprising with, with what's going on. I think they could hold one and, and do it well. Hell yeah, I think they could. I, I think it would be okay. But, you know, I just, I think there's too much panic out there. I, I think, you know, people don't want to take on the, the, the risk or the liability. And I mean, I, I think the uh, world championships would be good, especially for our guys because our guys could get tested. Thing is, is that in order for us to send a delegation, then that means the nationals are best of threes in the finals, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. So that means the nationals are best of the three in the finals. And it also means that it's going to give a chance for some guys who haven't been on teams yet to get on a team because some of their counterparts aren't going to be at the nationals. You see how that works out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it. It's a turn. It would be a tournament where guys could go test themselves. That, that's all I'm saying. And, but I think there'd be some good matches there and I think it would be exciting. Yeah. But you know what? What if you're a guy who's been number two, number three, 
kind of close, just not quite there. And then you go to this national tournament and it turns into a trials because, you know, maybe this is all wrong and maybe there is going to be a world championships making the nationals a trials. And now you're in a best of three and you win. And maybe that does something for you. Maybe that, I don't know how long you can keep momentum going, but maybe it turns a switch and all of a sudden a guy who was having trouble just kind of cracking through, he makes this world team, a world team that a lot of people are going to look at if it happens as having an asterisk attached to it. But nevertheless, this does something for said athlete. And now they start going on a tear. Like that, I mean, something like that could change somebody's career. Yeah. I mean, it could get exactly hundred uh, percent. Let's close up with some club notes. We are hitting September. This is when for a lot of wrestling academies and wrestling clubs and things like that start hitting a different gear. How about you? I know that you were, you had the camps over the summer, but what about? Yeah, camps during the summer, not preseason. I call it preseason. I go once a week. Uh, we go on Sundays in Wisconsin Rapids and then in uh, Austin. And, you know, numbers down in Austin, a little bit low, but uh, should be getting better next week. They're always a little bit hard because uh, a lot of wrestlers are out for other sports too, and some the other sports are going on at the schools. But uh, the one in Wisconsin Rapids should have a good amount of kids, probably 70 to 100 kids spread out through four groups. So should be good preseason. How has the dynamic been with parents? Have parents been enthusiastic about getting their kids back involved in wrestling? Yeah, I think so for the most part. I'm better in my club. Most of them are, you know, they want their kids on the mat and in sports and, and just in life again. So they'll, they'll be anxious to get back and start scrapping on Sunday. Represent your team or club with top quality singlets, board shorts, and two-piece uniforms from BarbarianApparel.com. Get creative with team logos and custom designs that make a statement on and off the mat. Worn by the pros and trusted by national teams all over the world, Barbarian Apparel supplies wrestlers with the look and feel they need to conquer the competition. Team orders and discounts are always available. To learn more, stop by BarbarianApparel.com today and save 10% off using coupon code BA10. Barbarian Apparel, style everyone notices, quality everyone respects. All right. First up, first guest, episode 40. Here he is, three-time U23 world team member, 77 kilograms, Jesse Porter, from New York State, the state next door. All right, Jesse, this has been a very weird, very confusing, very challenging time for the entire world, practically. But in the context of this conversation, I'm talking about the athletes. And you are one of them. You are a high-level athlete, to be sure. So... Let's break this down. We had a couple of pieces with you over the course of the summer dealing with the camps, and you laid out how you're training at home and getting things done on your schedule the best you can. How has that changed, if at all, over the past month and a half? Well, yeah, um, that's a great question. I think that it's definitely gotten better. Uh, per se, like here, I definitely think it's gotten better because when I first started, you know, like I said earlier, I had a hard time adjusting and uh, I didn't really give myself that room to breathe, right? I didn't give myself that room to actually 
um, come down and say, okay, we got to change things here. I figured that, oh, you know, I'm wasting time. I kind of got into the habit like, oh, I just got to get back to work, right? But I figure if if I would have just gave myself a little bit more time to breathe, I would have been even farther than I am now. But, um, you know, after I figured out that I need to give myself a little bit of time to breathe and, and, you know, recollect myself, I did. And I started to do what I needed to do, which was make my training autonomous, right? I started to make my training extremely autonomous so that I don't need to depend on camps. I don't need to depend on, you know, partners. Um, I started doing that and I started make, making, uh, you know, pulling together all my contacts so that I can use my resources most efficiently. Um, and so that's really what I started doing. You said that going into Nebraska, and that really kind of made an impression on me because – and I just wonder, do you think you're being a little hard on yourself? I mean, everybody's been kind of thrown upside down over all this. Like, do you, do you think you're being a little bit too, you know, demanding of yourself considering that – this is just a swirling storm of chaos, you know, like, I mean, don't you allow yourself kind of like a, you know, a little bit of a break. Yeah, that's, that's a good point that you bring up. Um, I, I, I know that there's definitely a time to, um, of all things, congratulate yourself. I think that is very, very important. Um, especially at the level that we are and, and you know, the amount of commitment it takes to do what we do. Um, I do think that that's very important. Also, I also am in, the, you know, I'm really in the business of pushing myself to the limit, obviously. Um, if I'm not doing that, I don't feel like I'm being myself. So um, obviously I'm going to be doing that. But like I said, you know, with the other side of that coin, there is a time to congratulate yourself. I don't really think that there's a place to answer your question. I don't really think there's a place to give yourself slack because there's always, always something you could have done better. And I feel like that's what you should be focusing on. Now, when you've had personal growth, yes, you do need to congratulate yourself to some extent. That is very important. And often you need to congratulate yourself often. Um, but when you made a mistake, the only thing you should be focusing on is how you could have done it better and focusing on that personal growth. This is the kind of sound, but you would expect from Jesse Porter, who is a tremendously gifted athlete, gifted wrestler, comes from a wrestling family. <laughs> like, of course, the bar is going to be very high. I'm never like not impressed with how you put stuff like this. Like you do it so well. What I want to know, though, is. You, you have had two camps. Now, we talked to you coming out of Nebraska, and now we had Utah about a week ago or whatever it was now. Did you feel even better, even crisper and, you know, better physical condition, stamina, endurance going live? You guys had the grind match. Did you feel way better in Utah than you did in Nebraska? That's also an excellent question. So um, I've been holding up pretty well, actually as far as my conditioning goes and, and whatnot. Um, it really depends on who you wrestle, obviously. Uh, and if, you're, if you're wrestling somebody that, that has an extremely large gas tank, like I know there's lots of wrestlers in my weight, that that is their thing, you know? And they're, they're just always in shape. And those guys I had a tough, tough time with because they're always in shape, and I'm in less of a shape than I used to be. But um, I feel like overall I was able to hold my own 
and I wasn't, you know, totally demolished in any in any shape or form because um, you don't need to have stellar conditioning. You really just need to have um, been training to some capacity consistently and um, working on your technique as well. If you have well technique, you can actually slow people down, and then you can also bridge the gap a little bit more by, um, you know, doing that consistent training. Um, not not extremely hard training because that's not smart to do when there's no tournaments um out and i think a lot of people don't really understand that it's not smart to kind of do the hard training when there's no uh you know tournaments close close or in sight but um i feel like you know with doing training consistently um, tra- or doing something consistently is very important in a time like this how about your specific style especially on the feet if only because you do have that unorthodox approach compared to a lot of guys, you have swift little angles you cut. You there's a certain way you kind of move and shake your shoulders into entries, and the way you enter the hand fight and create your own scoring opportunities. It's definitely a very distinctive style. How can you replicate that? At least. I don't know how you do that, like mentally looking at video, whatever, but how do you practice your game, like the Jesse Porter game specifically, when you are training solo? That is a great question because often um, often I find that you actually need to have that live look to actually practice, you know, that style that you're talking about. Well, I did a lot of that at the camp. Um, to practice that style solo, I really think that one thing that you can utilize is mental imagery, um, because I use a lot of mental imagery to fit in the gaps where I can't necessarily use a dummy, right? Can't necessarily use a dummy in that position, so I have to imagine he's doing something, right? Like um, shadow boxing almost? Almost like shadow boxing, yes, but 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 with with props, with props, with the dummy, right? Not just That's alone. That's such a good word, props. <laughs> yeah, using you, shadow dummies with props, right? So I'm using all my resources. I'm using my dummies. I'm using my body, and um, and I'm basically imagining where people are as well. And the funny thing is, is that it actually works better than you think it does. There's actually there's studies that have been done that show that, you know, our minds actually can't tell the difference between imagining something and actually doing it. If you imagine something often enough, your mind actually thinks that you've done it, which is why mental, uh, you know, imagery is so powerful. Right. Visualization. I remember, I can remember, I think I was either a senior in high school or I was freshman in college, but I remember reading how Mary Lou Retton in 1984 or whenever it was, at the Olympics and she was a gymnast the night before she had visualized her routine. And the next night she got a perfect 10, one gold medal and everything else. And the whole entire narrative around that article was talking about visualization, like picturing it like perfectly how you want it to go and so on and so forth. I mean, I wasn't that kind of athlete, so it didn't work for me, but uh, nevertheless, have you done research into this kind of stuff like on your own? Like, is this a passion of yours? Um, I definitely say that, um, you know, mental clarity and mental strength, mental fortitude in general has definitely been a hot topic for me over the years. 
I've definitely been developing it, um, whether I like it or not, through wrestling. I think wrestling is one of the best sports to develop mental fortitude. And, um, you know, off of that, I've kind of done some side research on my own, trying to figure out ways to, um, you know, help my personal growth in in all areas. Uh, I think that I'm, uh, you know, me along with a lot of other people this generation, I'm obsessed with optimization and I'm obsessed with personal growth. It's like all I ever talk about. So like, um, I really, you know, I really put a, a big focus on that because I feel like, um, there's a lot of potential in, in all of us to do a lot of things. And I feel like if we're all on the same boat of believing that we can do these things, I think we can. Um, so I feel like, you know, the more I demonstrate it, the more I demonstrate that person, you know, personal growth, personal growth and, and speak about it and, and, um, and be about it. I feel like more people will join in and, and the more people we have joining in on this personal boat, this, uh, personal growth boat, like the farther we can go together. What an impactful thing to say. Uh, we are talking to Jesse Porter, one of the most dynamic wrestlers in the entire country of any style, probably, I would imagine. Also, for those who may not be aware or may not remember, aside from Jesse's various accolades on the senior level, he also absolutely destroyed world and Olympic gold medalist Davor Stefanik back in November in New York. That tournament, New York, that was a weird tournament, I think, for everybody. Uh, you go and you obliterate the most credentialed wrestlers probably ever stepped foot in that tournament, maybe one of them. And it's like the way that the schedule rolled out a month later, the nationals and the Olympic trials qualifier and all this other stuff. And it's like we we had an American just beat up a world Olympic gold. I mean, the year before we had Tracy beat up Alexanian, pin him. These things don't get trumpeted the way that they deserve to. Uh, we did a whole piece about you beating up Stefanik uh, in the summer or late spring. I know that that tournament was not the result you were hoping for, speaking of New York, but as far as just a snapshot into your career, did that match mean something to you? I mean, it definitely did. You know, there's definitely different circumstances for why I lost whatever match that I lost. And, you know, um, different styles clash and different uh, environments that, that, you know, really played into other things that happened in the tournament. But um, as far as me, you know, me winning that match, that really confirmed my theory that, you know, I do wrestle up. You know, if I know that somebody's a living champion, my potential will actually show. And um, I definitely have always been someone that rises to the occasion. So um, if if anything, it showed me that I have more untapped potential. Do you think it's a problem that in our country we're a little bit insular? A lot of you guys wrestle each other pretty frequently. Is it tough, you think, sometimes for American athletes to get up to wrestle each other? you know, during the course of the season outside of maybe a trials? Mm. Yeah, um, I can see what you're saying with that. Like, you know, with, with that, it, it's kind of just, it's just another challenge. Um, there's so many challenges with with me, um, you know, and with what I do that I, I don't differentiate between a challenge that, you know, oh, should be there, shouldn't be there at this point. So, uh, for me, I just say it as another challenge and, and I know what I do to challenges. I overcome them. 
So how do I overcome this challenge? Well, there's a couple of different things that you can do. I mean, you have to work on your technique. You have to have, you know, um, you have to be always about your technique. You have to be working on your craft constantly. And so you can, you know, continue to make your, you know, uh, perfect your unique style. I think that's something that a lot that gets lost in translation a lot of times is that um, a lot of wrestlers, they will just do moves that people teach them, right? They'll just, you know, they'll, they'll learn a move from a coach or from somewhere else. But a lot of them don't actually focus on creating their own moves and actually perfecting their own style, their own funk, right? And not, like, optimizing that part of themselves. And I feel like that's really lost because, like, I feel like the best wrestlers, excellent wrestlers, the excellent wrestlers are the ones that are creative and have unique moves, you know, moves that are unique to themselves, United States wrestlers, specifically in our style, everybody has to wrestle each other all the time. And there's a lot of guys who are into that. And if we have a club duel series, as they're talking about, I think that would be superb. It's something I've been pushing for for several years. It has also, I think, the the, the U.S. program, to, to a certain extent, it's kind of mishmashed everybody. Not everybody. I, I wouldn't necessarily call that for the lighter weights but just as a whole it's like there's now the american style in the past that was a good thing because that american style helped beat up on foreigners back in the 80s and 90s and up until like mid 2000s but now especially with the way domestic tournaments are competed it's like well after the quarterfinals we kind of know what most of these matches are going to look like Part of that is on the athletes, and part of that is on the officiating. The officiating is an undercover problem when it comes to that, in my opinion, anyway. How do you navigate those differences, Jesse? Especially since, like, I mean, you've been knocking on the door of a national team spot for a couple of years. Now you were in a U.S. Open final. You were astoundingly talented age grouper. Like, is that frustrating when you see everything kind of grinding to a halt sometimes at these big tournaments? Uh, yeah, I definitely think that there's a frustration that's involved with it. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, my initial, uh, initially I had lots of emotions and it was a very weird time for me because yeah, I was r- r- ramping up for a tournament and I feel like a lot of my progress had been lost because of, you know, uh, I felt like that because I'd made so much progress. And I felt like now that I can't train at all, I'm just going to lose it all. I felt like that, but it was really just an irrational thought that that was kind of spur of the moment because then you look at it in the grand picture. Um, I didn't lose any of it, you know, um, all, all it was was repositioning for myself. It was repositioning and then continuing on. Uh, as far as like, you know, recovery, like I said, I've, I think I've recovered very well and, um, I'm, I'm finding new ways. Like I said, it's going back to that creativity, I'm finding new ways to train and new ways to actually continue to grow um, in my training. It's odd to say it. It's odd to say it considering the last few years of your career, but you have not yet qualified for the Olympic trials. From your vantage point, with the way everything shut down just so abruptly, practically, everybody got back from Ottawa from the Pan Am qualifier and a day later, two days later, you find out that the trials are postponed and everything else before and after it. 
we've talked about how it took you a minute to kind of get going again, but just knowing what is lying in the distance that you have to make the final for the qualifier in order to get into the trials and all that other kind of stuff, finding out that news, what did it do to you? Like I said, I don't differentiate between challenges. Um, they're, they're all in the same boat, which, uh, which is, like I said, what, ha- what do I do to challenges? I overcome them. And that period, that's it. And, um, I don't really think about it in any, in any other way. Um, there's no need to think about it in any other way. Um, it doesn't help me to think about it in any other way. And by thinking about it in this way, um, it gets me thinking about how I can overcome them. And it continues to put me on the line for that. And as I continue on that line, I eventually do overcome it because there's only way to, there's only one way to go and that's up, you know? Um, so like I said, yeah, it's just another challenge. It's just another challenge. And I overcome challenges. As we hit the home stretch here, we are now within the first week of September and a month from now is the U S nationals. It's not a tournament that is being met with a whole lot of positivity from a generous portion of the senior athlete base in this country. Is that a tournament that you are currently eyeballing? Um, currently, no. Um, I think that it's not really to anybody's surprise that I wouldn't be going. I don't think it's to anybody's surprise that a lot of uh, senior wrestlers won't be going. Obviously, they don't have the same backing. They don't have the same awards. They don't have, you know, there's not there's nothing up for grabs there. There's really no incentive for any of these wrestlers that are, you know, paying their way to get there and, you know, and putting their lives in danger, too, um, to, to go to this tournament. So, uh, you know, the benefits are not really there, and so... You know, unfortunately, right as things are now, I probably won't be going to it. I heard a rumor that it is starting to look like there will not be a senior world tournament in December anyway. Uh, how did you feel when you heard that there might be one? Uh, when there might be one, I was like, well, great. I mean, I'm training and uh, and I'll be ready for it. Um, if there's, if there's not going to be one that actually works in my favor too, and see what I've been doing here is I've been creating a plan, A, B, C, D, E, right. And I just constructed. So no matter what happens, I still win. Right. Because if I don't, if I don't have competitions, I will be finishing school and I'll be able to finish more school and eventually I'll be done. If I do have competitions, then it will help. I get an opportunity to get medals, and I can continue training here because the training is going to open up. Jesse, there are a lot of youth wrestlers who listen to this program. There are a lot of coaches who listen to this program. If you wanted to send a message to some of the younger guys out there who have become frustrated with you know, wrestling being shut down or maybe that they are hitting some kind of stalemate in their progress, not to use a pun here from folk style of all things. What would you say to them? What would you say to encourage them? Uh, That's a great question. So really, like I said, you need to focus on mentality. The first thing that I did, right, and I actually did this wrong is I had, you know, I had to, I was, I was, I can say I was a little hard on myself. 
I said, you know, oh, I'm, I'm wasting time. You know, I got to get right back to it. I got to get right back to it. I got to be training. I got to get right back to it. And that was the wrong thing to do. The right thing to do is give yourself that amount of time to breathe. Step back from your situation and look at it from the outside. Look at it from the outside and say, how can I still progress? Doesn't matter what the speed is. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter what the speed is. Figure out how you can move forward and then start moving forward. Once you start moving forward, no matter what speed it is, you'll be surprised how fast you'll pick up again. You'll see other opportunities that you didn't know were there, and that will speed up your process. You'll see other things that will come along. You'll be like, wow, I wasn't expecting this. That will speed up your process. So like I said, I, don't, I wouldn't worry about the speed that you're getting better. I wouldn't worry about it. Step back from your situation. Figure out how you can move forward and then start moving. Okay, Sam, so let's talk about the prospect of the five-point move rankings that are going to come out and how it's kind of going to be constructed. The point values assigned to places at tournaments and events and things of that sort. This isn't crazy stuff anymore because United World Wrestling has its ranking series, which some of this is conceptually based on. But there is an element to the five-point move rankings that are of particular interest to me because they're derived from something you've talked about with me before, especially in 2018, which was the first year of the ranking series. It's when you were on the world team. And that is the two-tier system for tournaments. There's tier one and there's tier two. I'm guessing that you recall this, how not all tournaments are created equal. Your stance on that was, well, they should have lower ranked tournaments where however you do place first, second, or bronze, you get points, just not the same amount of points as you would get from one of those bigger tournaments like the Hungarian Grand Prix or Karavayev or whatever else. We took that concept of two tiers, two tier tournaments, tier two, those values are not going to be as high as the tier ones, which include the aforementioned Hungarian Grand Prix, uh, Thor Masters. I, Thor Masters, we decided, was a tier one tournament over the last couple of years just based on the caliber of opposition that's been present. That event has just grown. Over, you know, yeah, I, and I agreed with that. I, th- I thought it should be. How do you think this serves as a ranking factor, considering the way U.S. athletes tend to travel and compete? I like it. I like it a lot. I think it it's very uh, fan oriented. You know, it gives it it's adding the numbers to baseball. That's it, it, it's we need that in wrestling. Uh, and first off, always good to be on Five Point. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, and it yeah, I, I love it. I think we've been needing something like that. It as everybody knows. Rankings don't mean anything, right? But, but they do. Like the, for instance, having the calling a national champion all the All Americans last year uh, at NCAA's, like that was weird to me. 
there's upsets every I think there was one weight last year that the top four guys met in the semis. Every other weight had somebody got upset. You know, it's rare that you have one, two, three, four. So on the one hand, rankings are, are not needed, but but they are. It it lets the fans, it helps the fans a lot, and it gives uh it gives some validity to why people are ranked where. It keeps the the arguments out of it a little bit, uh, a little bit of the politics out, you know, and and that part I I absolutely love. I think we we needed it very badly, and so I'm pumped about it. I'm pumped to see how people. I think it's going to bring a lot more people, and you're going to see a push for it in freestyle here real soon. Is what I think is going to happen. We'll see. Well, the way that we kind of thought of it was. I mean, and not even to be self-indulgent, it's just for four and a half years, I've been approached by various entities to provide rankings, okay? Yep. And it's like, well, first off, if we're going to do rankings, we're going to do them for five-point move and not whatever your thing happens to be. But like, right. at the same time, it was, I, be, I was asked uh, by coaches of you know, hey, when's five point gonna have rankings? And I and I would always say like, well, you know, it's not the time. Like, I don't know if the program's in a position to where that's so crucial at the, at the moment. Like, rankings. Sure. Let's concentrate on kind of building a program, gaining consistent results, and things like that. And I thought about you know my my relationships with athletes, and it's like, okay. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's a line, I think, as a writer, as a journalist, you have between yourself and your subjects. Okay? And and there is. And sure. There's a definitive line. At the same time, we all, especially in Greco, we're all like the same family. So even if there's that yeah. line, at the same time, it's like, how many of these guys would I call up to, like, watch my kids? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like... I, I, I was uncomfortable with the idea of just yes I, I agree it, it can get awkward and and yeah I, I get that I just didn't like the way it felt dude would I know where certain guys should be absolutely I, I'm confident that I could say that definitively authoritatively more so than I think probably anybody else probably I yeah, think I agree I, I always enjoyed it when you came out with them. How do I say that? I felt like you were uh, – you did well at it. You you kept behind that line. When you did it, there was a reason, and and you – I don't know. I, I always appreciated when you did it, and I get why people asked for it, and, and I certainly get why you didn't want to do it. At least didn't want to do it much. You know, I, I certainly get that. I mean, that's what Five Point Move is. It's like this line between journalism and advocacy. And it's a weird thing yeah. to run because a lot of places in wrestling, a lot of outlets, I think Five Point Move is a different deal. And I, I don't mean that self-serving, but it is. It's different. I mean, the loyalty yeah. level for Five Point is very different than I think any uh, I other platform enjoys. I never, ever. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you have to convince anybody of that. The way I kind of came around to it was like, this isn't just for the audience and this isn't just to – drive fan conversation. I mean, those are certainly factors, but it's also, look, sure. I mean, ultimately we're here to help serve the athletes too. And it's like, okay, well, if we're going to do that, if we're going to say we're going to do that anyway, 
then there ha- you have to, as much as you possibly can, yes. take subjectivity out of it. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and I was on the ranking committee uh, the last last two years, last year with NAIA, and man, I was happy to, to, to be done with it. Like, enjoyed it learned an unbelievable amount but the the calls and the, the the arguments and the fact that they didn't didn't have a uh a set system and there's some pros to not having a set system and and there's a lot of cons to it you know that sometimes you know a guy's better and because of the system they get ranked lower but way more often than not it allows you to like hey if you want to get ranked higher you, you know how to do it Everything's set here, and uh, within our conference, I was trying to push for that. I was like, there's not set rules. We need to, with, within our conference, put some set rules, and and we need to do it at the beginning of the season because trying to do it at the end of the season doesn't work because everybody argues for their guys, as, as they should. You know, you, you want the rules that help your guys get ranked. You don't want the rules that don't, And but we, you need them because the, there's too much – too many angles, you know, it's, it's wrestling. There's so many different angles to attack from. You need something to make it simpler. NAI was, it was interesting because you got D1 that the rankings are, are simpler because guys travel all over the country. They, they see each other, uh, at least the best guys, you know, and, and you see the different conferences. NAI, you know, you got your, it's private schools. They don't have the same kind of budget. So, People wrestle in their own little region and they never see Johnny from across the way. And so you don't have the same uh, amount of matchups. You don't have the, the head-to-heads. We might have one guy that I've wrestled in our weight class and everybody else was that, that, that he wrestled was D2, D3, D1. Like He only has two NAI matches. And so it got... It got a lot more crazy. And, yeah, because you're it, arguing hypotheticals the whole time. Yes, 100%. You get in the, the, the jumping weights, and this guy was ranked, and then you got people holding people because they got ranked. And it it taught me a lot. Uh, I learned a lot from it. And, uh, it yeah, all that to say, like, I think it's a good idea. I think we needed something like this because uh, – until now is, is exactly what you said. The rankings were kind of haphazardly put together, and it was more uh, an argument. Like it was a it was a a division within the sport when we don't need division. And even if it, an incorrect methodology is is better in my opinion than than no methodology. At least that's what I got from the last year doing rankings. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. Open. No, I mean, see, it's funny because there's there are older dudes, decorated former Greco athletes in our country with whom I I have long-standing relationships. When United World Wrestling came out with the ranking series a couple of years ago, nearly unanimous, you nearly unanimously, they all completely dismissed it like it doesn't yeah. matter the rankings don't matter of, of course yes okay great rankings don't matter and it's and it's i mean it matters now rankings matter for exactly. some programs That's because their guys get funded that, by right? that yes okay 
But it's like for someone who covers the sport, it's really nice to have UWW's rankings because they serve as a baseline. Like, I don't agree with, just like we talked about over two years ago, like, I don't agree with only having a select number of tournaments like these, just four tournaments, that's it? Four? Four? Like, four? Yeah. Okay. It was was craziness. But I agree with the idea of it. Like, if you attach values to it, and it's like, okay, well, it's almost, in a way, similar. It's better than none. Well, it's similar to the 2000 Sydney uh, uh, Olympic year where the qualifying was basically a series of tournaments. Yeah. If we can do this with a semblance of meritocracy, okay, and the only time that you're bringing subjectivity into it, give you an example. The big talk amongst myself and a few of the people who are involved in this project is Ben Provisor because Ben Provisor is competing at 77 kilograms this year. He has not competed at a, a, another weight other than 85, 87 since, what, 2014. Okay, so it's like he's entering yep. a new weight class. He took second last year to Rao at Final X. That would have made him number two, I guess you could say. Where does Ben fit at 77, even though he hasn't yet wrestled a match at 77? Correct. Certainly not under the new same-day weight. Yeah, he's, he's coming down. He's not going up. Right. So it's like, what do you do that with Ben? matter. What do you do yep. with a two-time Olympian who has also been in the finals of each trials this quad? What do you do with him? Where do you throw him? Yeah. And to be uh, to be quite real about it, I have zero idea. Like zero. Yeah. Like, you, I mean, you're not gonna. Are you gonna put him number one? I don't know if you're gonna put him number one. By what? Just because? No, I don't think I probably wouldn't put him number okay. one. Uh, not yep. because uh, I would agree with that. Uh, you just can't do that to the guys who yeah, have been you at the generally have to knock years. off the champ. That's that seems like a set rule. Right. You have these discussions, Sam. They're not. Yeah. They're not hard discussions to really have, but you have. Yep. Spencer, by the way, just so you know, because head to head to me, with regard to our rankings, I didn't want head to head to be elevated too high over let's say results from you know world team trials yes and I, I, I was i was curious where where how you were going to do the head to heads well spencer wants it like like maybe the second drill down you know he wanted it like the second kind of thing it's like well you yeah know, you, I, I like that you put it lower myself because you start avoiding matches like i got the last head to head Right. And, and and that that trumps everything. So uh, doesn't matter if he's going and placing that stuff. I I kind of like that he didn't, and that could change in time. I'm curious to see how it works out, you know. But I kind of like it. Well, to me, it's a criteria. It's like okay. I mean, for instance, take 60 kilograms. Spoiler alert: Ildar Hafi's off is going to be number one at 60 kilograms. Okay, he's gonna be. Uh, oh, I can't believe you told me that. Oh, just man. what a what a crazy world we live in, <laughs> where the guy who has been on the world team and been in the finals of everything and just qualified the weight class. What a crazy surprise that Ildar is going to be number one. Okay, but it's like okay, well, let's say at number two, and I don't know who number two is yet. I don't because we haven't yep. uh, finalized all the numbers yet, but. Whoever number two is, let's say they 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 lock in even with Ildar in points. Yep. Same exact number of points. Well, okay. 
now you have to measure certain things. Well, where did their points come from? That's first. Okay, like did their points, did the majority of their points come because they made it to finals of trials and yeah. won trials? Or is it because they acquired a bunch of points from doing well in a lot of secondary yeah. tournaments? Well, well, and maybe you're getting to this, but what we did in NAI is uh, if if you're like one and two or two and three or, you know, it's it can't be one and three. If you're next in the rankings behind a guy and you're within 10 points then you can do a head-to-head to switch it. Precisely. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm, I, yeah, me, I love the rule. Head-to-head is a deciding factor if it's close enough to have this argument. Yes, there yes. you go. Okay. I, and, and I agree with it because sometimes people get caught and panned and everybody knows that guy shouldn't be ranked above them. Yes, if he's getting 9 nothing three times in a row, like are we talking about yes. this? Absolutely not. We're not talking about it. Right. What right. about this, Sam? What about this, though? This is what I really wanted to ask you the most, actually. And what a real treat for the listening audience, because I could have I could ask you these things in private, off the record. (laughs) Depending on the question, I'll let you know if I'd rather you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. well, how about this? How about this? Since five point move rankings begin with the start of the current quad, that's where they begin. They don't they're not just covering the last you know, year of competition yes. dating back to the beginning of 2016, 17. Okay. Yes. How much value are you assigning to head to head results? If they only took place in, let's say the 2017 season. And let's say two guys haven't met since. Are you, is that something you're really drilling back in your mind? Like, well, you know, they went to no. two and one against them three years yeah. ago. No, I don't, I don't see how you can. That's too much time to people. Between my freshman year and my senior year of college, I was a whole different wrestler. You, you know what I mean? Like, a lot can happen in three years. And and on that, I love that you how you did the percentage moving backwards. Oh, the I prior year reduction clause. Oh, I've never seen it, and I thought it was genius. <laughs> it, genius. I, I love it. I don't know if you found somebody else that did that or if you guys came up with that yourself, but... I no, that's original, it. yeah. Yeah, I think it's genius. I appreciate that. Yeah, my wife was very, very uh, impressed when that yeah, was uh, as she should be. Yeah, Sam, she doesn't care if we all drop dead, but either way. <laughs> anyway. hey, even a blind squirrel finds a nut now and then. So, well, it's it, that's what we're gonna do. So, how that is going to work in the interest of transparency is very simple. Is all of the points for each eligible wrestler, they're all going to be tabulated. Their results are going to be compartmentalized via year. Okay, so all their points are going to be just imagined th- four imaginary columns. Sure. It's like, okay, all your placing points from this year, this year, this year, this year. Those three years prior, or two years prior, rather, I guess, but they're going to be put through an algorithm that automatically deducts according to whichever year it is. So if it's 2017, like it. 18, it's automatically going to be 2% less or whatever it is. And it's to account for that very fact you just mentioned, which you, I mean, segued into like a true professional, by the way. Yeah. Like the difference mm-hmm. between your freshman and your senior year. Exactly. And it goes the other way too, I hate to say. Yeah. Is that if you are a 34-year-old 
are we oh absolutely yeah you get a couple injuries and you haven't wrestled in a couple years it it may go the other direction for sure right and i'm saying that to a guy who you know made the world team uh (laughs) (laughs) snuck in and rope a dope some people in that yeah (laughs) man I don't know, Sam. This wasn't something that I really was passionate about doing. So if you, I, I'm glad you did. We needed it. And and if there's somebody uh, listening to this that or reading about this that has some time, I, I'm very curious to see if if we end up having a college season this year, they're going to have a hard time with the rankings in NCAA. It just an eight-week series, you're not going to get to see everybody like they normally do. And I'm curious if they're going to make a committee. And as you know, the reason I liked you're doing the rankings before this was you were in the know. You can grab a few people at a weight, and they know they pretty much know how it's going to rank. And when you add in a bunch of coaches doing it, then you got a bunch of people fighting for their guys, and politics get involved, you know. And and so I don't. I don't know if they're going to let a, a committee decide or if they're going to end up just doing like a regionals like you would for state. Uh, I'm very curious to see, but I would love to see a, an algorithm like this versus what they do and, and see which ends up being maybe more accurate, if you will. I really don't understand how this hasn't been explored to this extent previously. Yes. USA Wrestling really tried to institute something a couple of years ago, I think it was actually the 2018 trials, Sam, where they were using a software to spit out points for results. I didn't know that. Results. Well, the reason why you didn't know it is because a Greco seeding meeting is, I mean, it's a shootout for crying out loud. I mean, yes. somebody and, and I wouldn't, up, I know in my case, I was like, I don't. I wouldn't want to be in there trying to seat me. I, I don't know. Like, wherever I end up, I end up. I don't know where where they're going to put me and, and how they would decide it. But that's interesting that they had an algorithm. I'll, well, they had something. So I interrupted you again. How did no, no, how did it you, work out? Well, no. Well, it could, nobody – what you could – dude, you have a room with Dan Chandler, the Army coaches. <laughs> how do you think yes. it's working out? <laughs> right. Right. I, mean, I, I it's a great know. point. Yeah, I, I don't know what anybody would expect. I will say this, though. I thought then, and it was explained to me by Cody Bickley, in fact, I thought then it was the right track. I didn't agree yeah. with the execution. And you know what's funny, Sam? Is that their system was not observing a difference in international placings. That's very, very important. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is why, this is why. Give you an example, and this was something I went back and forth with him. That year, 2018, for instance, you had Xavier Johnson took bronze, let's say, at Zagreb, okay? Which is an impressive tournament, impressive performance for him. Yep. Okay. Well, you also have athletes who participated in tournaments that are not of the same competitive level, but yet they meddled. And if they took silver at a tournament that's, let's say, you know, quote unquote, worse, it's like, okay, well, yeah, but, you know, he's got a silver and Xavier's got a bronze. So silver beats bronze. It's like, yeah, but I mean, who was at that tournament? 
Like not all international right. tournaments are created equal. They're just not. One hundred percent. Not even close. And so yeah. I, I asked him, "Hey, are you? Is there a deviation between these? Is there, you know, like a different?" He was like, "No." And I was yeah. like, "Well, you can't have that." <laughs> like I was just like, "I don't yeah. know what to tell you." Like you can't have. Yeah, it, it ain't that gonna way. work out. Not in Greco. The math ain't gonna work. Yo, dude, how yeah. for, Sam? How high do we elevate good results? At big tournaments in Greco overseas, they're big deals, huge deals. Yes, like one, and and they should be. Well, the audience knows the difference. Like you can't fool them. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You're absolutely right, and I think is after this has been implemented a couple of years, I think you could start giving guys a ranking. So, gold, a gold. Guy that made made the world team, you know, the number one guy's got a ranking of a hundred. Number two guys had a, a ninety, eighty, seventy, sixty. So if you go to a tournament and you you're a a thirty guy because you're you're new, and you place above a ninety, an eighty, a ninety, a ninety, your ranking jumps a lot more than than if you go to a tournament where you only beat other thirties. Is that? Does that make sense? It's the only way to observe these things because yeah, it's the you, only you have way. To. It's the only way people can't say anything. It still is. It's rankings as rankings, but man, it, it it observe is the right word. It allows you to observe it. You can you can anytime you can look at the math. That's a plus. Whether you're a, a numbers person or not, it have having the math out for people to see solves a lot of issues. Right, and ultimately, there's a reckoning, okay, and it's called a trials tournament. Right, there you go. And that's where the arguments end, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, and that's what's great about this sport, you know. Pin anybody, and and it and it adds the the drama. That was the the number one ranked guy all year, and he got beat. As an athlete in college, you have to deal with rankings. There's rankings attached to you all four years of your collegiate career and then you have a senior career and there's rankings there too at least domestically they're not quite the same thing in freestyle and greco as they are in college i think i mean in college as you spoke about correct it's a bigger deal because you're talking about oh you know he just beat the number two guy in the country and it just it takes on a different context but for you when you were wrestling in college at least did you care much about your ranking? Was that something you paid attention to at all? Was it something that was a big part of discussion? Like, how did you deal with it? I cared about it in that a college kid that wants to be ranked, once, uh, I felt like it, is, it would affect the national tournament. Like, I knew I was going to show up. I know as a coach, I was a little more concerned about it. Uh, I can think back when it happened, you know, they were trying the new power system, and they hadn't got it figured out yet, and... That can affect people, you know, it can affect, however, I know NCAAs rarely, I think maybe one, one weight less, two years, number one, two, three, four in the semis, every other weight, there's an upset. It's always that way. And so uh, I think anybody in college knows that it knows it matters, but it doesn't matter. And, uh, it's more true, or at least when I was doing international, you know, there's only eight, eight way within the U S that are, that are competing at everything. We see each other all the time. All the difference between two guys, between number four and five or number four and six and uh, everybody knows it's, you know, you got to what ref, what luck, who happened to get sick that week, 
who did things absolutely perfect comes into play. But when you started wrestling on the senior level, which at first was just purely Greco, it yep. wasn't something you really cared about, right? Was ranking domestically something you even paid attention to just because you knew that it was drilled down from the trials? Yeah, I didn't. Same thing, just like pride. I wanted to be, I wanted to be ranked, you know, and, and where I thought I was, it never bothered me, uh, especially in Greco. I knew that stuff happens, and especially while I was in college, those guys are well, the Schultz. They're going to New York, KC. They're going overseas where I wasn't. I always took the outlook as I thought of on the bad draw, you know, and, and I think a lot of the, the best guys think that way. They should rank me right because whoever got me now is probably not going to be happy. Right, right. Which is why I think that there's an intrinsic value to rankings, period, is because, yeah. I mean, there's that counterbalance to where if people don't like it, whether they're athletes or fans, they disagree with it. Well, they, there's a built-in answer for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a way yes. to solve that. Yes. And it, it needs to happen a little bit. I've always enjoyed that the world's was a, a blind draw, but when was it uh, the Russian? We're in the finals, and then the next year they met first round. Like that, I feel like that shouldn't happen. Returning two best guys in the, the world shouldn't probably meet first round. There should be a, maybe a little ranking. Maybe divide the top top two guys up, you know? I, Bracket separation seems to be everybody's, I think, their favorite thing about UWW system is the idea of bracket separation. But when it came to the ranking series itself, and we had touched on this earlier, I remember in 2018 discussing this with you. And when you, you broached, when you broached the idea of different tier tournaments, Part of it was just simply because, like, you knew that all the – I mean, not that it affected you because that season you only went to Germany. But, like, even still, if this was during the thick of your career anyway, you knew as a competitor, everybody knew in 2018 that not everybody was going to go to all the ranking tournaments. 100%. They're top-ranked guys at each weight, and they were almost all, you know, freshman of the year kind of guys. Like, new faces that are hitting A doing well, but they're not – beating the, the best guys i like the points and i like i'm okay with somebody that gets that many in put on a pedestal you know but it's not it's not as true i, I like the tiered system i think it's a good idea i am biased but i think yes. it's a good idea yeah i mean you're the catalyst yes <laughs> yeah and i i think as it gets better you can you can add in a, a almost enough you know whether it's an a tier or a b tier if if there's seven guys that are that are you know top 10 in the world b even if it is a B tier, it should be worth more than a. You go to some A tier tournament, but there's only two guys ranked top ten in the world. That means somebody ranked lower and you beat you, and it, you shouldn't necessarily get a, a lot of points for that just because it's A tier. And, and anybody in the sport knows it doesn't. Rankings only matter so much, you know. But but it absolutely has fans to know. It allows them to, you know, it's it's adding numbers to baseball. It, it, that's like the fun part for fans. Numbers matter. When that's something we've been lacking in in wrestling, we need to be better at having numbers. Which I hate giving solutions with uh, without giving ways to to implement them. But only that it's something we're missing in wrestling. Speaking of drama, what is your opinion on the fact that a U.S. Nationals is scheduled for October nine to eleven? Yeah, I hope we do it. We've been having wrestling here in Oklahoma. You know, little league's been going on and. It's it. 
I haven't heard of any cases from it. I'm sure there's some, but it, it seems like, I don't know. I'm, I like that wrestling's happening. I think it needs to happen. I think sports in general needs to happen. There's a, it, it's starting to be talked about, but just the mental, the, uh, what do kids do with all this energy? What are they? Uh, it needs to happen. We need to find a way. There's a safe way to do it. We need to have it. So I, I, I'm happy it's happening. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about uh, seeing who all shows up and who comes to battle. And Do you, do you know yet? Now, I've heard that it was going to be a, a qualifier for Olympic team trials, and I've heard it hasn't. And I want to say the last thing I heard is that it's not right now. Do you know on that? Have they decided? Will that still change? Well, I think anything can still change. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, <laughs> I, I set myself up for that. Anything can change is the truth. Okay, well, so on this episode is also Jesse Porter, and we uh, – gone over this to uh an extent so as of today the way i understand it is this is that there is talk there will no longer be either a junior u23 or senior world tournament and if that is in fact the case which this is what i heard it is not reportable Uh, this is complete conjecture yep i heard half of that and and i conjectured the other half <laughs> I figured it would. If if one was true, the other's probably going to be true. Well, yeah, okay. Well, part and of and I hope is, not, but well, part of that would be because the junior tournament and the senior tournament are scheduled back to back in the same location. If it becomes confirmed that there is not a senior world tournament, then you have your answer for the nationals. If that answer is not has not materialized by then. I don't know if you will, except the one thing is is that we can surmise that USA Wrestling, and I am not saying this in any kind of disparaging manner in or whatsoever, but sure. USA Wrestling, by all appearances, does not or has not wanted to send a delegation to Serbia for the Senior Worlds anyway, considering that they were one of the nations who voted against that tournament even being held. And... As for this being a trials, potentially, which would mean a nationals with a best of three in the final, as far as I understand it, unless that's also changed. Well, I can tell you that the number of, you know, quote unquote, top guys who are considering going is very, very low. Uh, yeah, I so can see that. It, and I didn't mean uh, a, uh, a qualifier to the to the world team trials. You so mean the Olympic trials? A, yes, no. that's what I meant, for the Olympic trials. Yeah, like be. like the U.S. Open, you know, like whatever, top three are now qualified for the Olympic team trials. No, it can't be a qualifier for the Olympic trials because the Olympic trials procedures were stamped, approved, sealed, put in cement uh, by the oh, US I didn't Olympic Paralympic that. Committee last year. So they can't change. That's not changing. Wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we were wrong that things could change by tomorrow. There's, no, I thought there's were, one thing not changing. That's right. That is one thing that is not changing. I Absolutely. didn't realize that. Yes. Yep. Right. Yeah. I probably Which, should have read the fine print on something. Shame well, on me. 
this is exactly why there are some athletes who are very unenthusiastic about participating because yes. if you're a top guy, Agreed. there's no prize money. Your sponsor might not even be picking up the bill to fly you out there. And yeah. on top of that, if you are a guy who's kind of on the fringe and fighting to kind of make your mark and crack your way into all this, it's like, well, I'm gonna if I'm going to go, okay, if I'm going to go, well, I'm going to get matches. And if I look, if I happen upon a final appearance or a national title, fantastic. Uh, right. And to listen, let me just be kind of clear about something because I don't want to get lumped in t- with necessarily what the athlete feeling is on this. For me, from right. vantage point of this platform, I'm all into the national tournament. I'm 110% supportive of it. I think it's important for this country to show that it's turning a corner on this whole entire confusing, depressing mess. However, that has to happen. If it can be conducted in a safe manner with the proper guidelines and protocols in place. At some point, we got to move forward. I don't know. I like like wrestling's chances of moving forward, I think. You send out your Marines first, you know, you send out your, yeah. we're, we're the last combat sport. We're the, you send out the send Marines the first, except not at this tournament because they won't be going. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. They want that analogy. Right. The Marines aren't going. Army's not going. Uh, as far, I mean, listen, I shouldn't say that. As of September 4th, the way I understand it, there you is go. the Army there you go. is not going. The Marines, I have not heard definitively one way or the other. The only thing is that the Army and the Marines are both under the Department of Defense, so I would imagine if the Army's not going, neither will the Marines. But, I mean, that yep. who knows? I think that's a fair uh, assessment. Yeah, it's just, Sam, this is real life, if you can believe it. This is real life. Yeah. Yeah, kind of crazy. It is crazy. Did yeah, it's not a, a conversation I ever expected to have. No, no. I, 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 Sam, in like early April or late March, I remember being on a call with Gary Mayab and I said to him, you know, it would be great if by the fall we're past this <laughs> yeah. and there's a major tournament we can have to kind of show like, hey, we're back. Like, in all this. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, Tim, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, Gary's all positive about everything. And it's like, we get here, and it's so weird because there's so much division surrounding yeah. just the national tournament. Instead of people yeah. rooting well, for it, people are rooting against it. Yeah, it, it's it's a, across the board right now. Any Anything you talk about, there's two sides to every coin right now. Well, people, at least that's the way it feels. Well, people are you know? at this point inventing stuff to fight with each other over. Yeah, yeah. And all the more reason we need sports. Like, you can see it in everything. Just argument to argue. People's got, they got bent up energy. And I was arguing with somebody that sports has generally helped with that. You know, it was what boxing and racing during the Great Depression. Like, you, you, you need something. You need that. Sports has always been good at that. Giving, giving, giving people something to vent, you know, something you can get up and yell at. Get up in the stands and yell for your team against the other team. You can. You're not allowed to do that at your boss, you know. So you do. You go to a game and you do it there, and it uh, 
it's been a, a good thing in my opinion. I'm 100% biased towards sports. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited to see you get back and I, I hope, I hope it happens. Just my opinion. I hope it happens. I hope it happens too. I know that I th- I think most people hope it happens. I just I, think some people are resentful agree. that it's going to, if that makes sense. Sure. 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 And, and there's, yeah, there's, I'm sure there's, there's good arguments on every side, but hey, I like I, the side of wrestling. Let's go I, do it. I give USA wrestling credit because it was a gutsy move. Whether people yes, like it or not, I, I it was agree. gutsy. Well, I agree. I I most definitely agree with that. Um, most definitely. How about you? Know, I mean, we're. I will go to a tournament. I don't know if I'll hold a tournament. So uh, good on them. Would you hold a tournament? Why don't you hold a tournament? Man. The same. Well, in general, no, nah, you're still alive. I you don't like holding tournaments. <laughs> the Sam Hayeswinkle International uh, uh, Tournament. Think think about that for a second. <laughs> everybody, everybody, yeah. all all first place people win a headband. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be some kind of award. Here's what I'm gonna do because you gotta hear this. I'm gonna play Corey Hope. Okay, so here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna play Corey Hope's comment from the last episode of this podcast, which was two weeks ago, and I want to know what your general feeling is. All right. I'm in. Ready? Ready. What I'm wondering is, is, uh, have you, and her, but, I mean, you have you considered perhaps uh, an antibody test? Uh, no, but I mean, I've, like I said, I've gotten tested a few times just because it was... No, you've gotten COVID tested. Yeah, I've gotten COVID tested, but I haven't gotten antibody tested, which I was getting to that. I haven't gotten antibody tested, and frankly, I mean, I'm not to be selfish. Not, I, I, what, what's selfish about it? Tell, tell me. I, no, I was going to say not to be, not to sound like a selfish prick or anything, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe we need a fun thing and some people need to die off as bad as that sounds. Oh not to say gosh, that I don't give a shit about people. The mask thing <laughs> not, was like, I mean, that was on the edge. Not to say that I don't give a shit about people, but it's like, come on, man. Like, at the end of the day, we all have to go back to our normal lives and stop wearing masks and stop being afraid because kids are supposed to be going back to school. Um, your kids shouldn't live in fear, um, and they should be able to go to school and socialize with people and with their friends and shit. And at some point, we're going to have to go back to something that's somewhat normal. And I'm going to tell you right now, if a mask can't stop a fart, it ain't going to stop COVID. <laughs> and if, if you haven't, if you haven't found a, a, a vaccine or you haven't, uh, uh, or you're not going to take one or whatever your stance is on that at the end of the day, um, this is a, this is a, this is something that mutates, what just like, like the flu, the flu and the cold mutate every year or every few years. Um, and, at some point, if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. And it's just one of those things. If this was the most deadly disease we've ever seen on the planet, then I'm sorry, but like, you know, I have family and friends that are, that would be considered super high flight risks for getting this and passing and they'd be gone and they're not, and they're still around and they're, I mean, let's face it. You can't, you, if you're not locking people up in bubbles and living like bubble boy, then, you know, it's like, this is this, uh, 
this is this is my rant about it. I think it's I think it's ridiculous. Just let your body can adapt. Let your let you know. Let some of these people get sick and be the antibody people, or not get sick, or whatever. And, you know, some people are going to die off, but it's like I'm sorry. At the same time, nature's nature, and everyone dies at some point. Um, so yeah, so sits at that. Like I know it probably I sound like I'm sound, like I'm cynical and all this shit, but it's like at the end of the day, we all got to go back to our Listen, jobs okay. and our lives. All right, I w- w- here. All right, Sam. <laughs> you, I, you know, I, I'd like to uh, hear his uh, his how he really feels, where he doesn't add any tact in there, you know, and, <laughs> and really lets it out. Oh man, <sighs> we got a little heat for that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. <laughs> Your reaction was pretty good. Well, that's kind of close to the edge there. <laughs> Hey. Uh, man. Indicative yeah. of the frustration a lot of people are feeling, whether it's uh, agree. Why we need sports? There's, there's, there you go. Why we need it? Yeah, I know. I was, I got going one day, and man, I, I said something out, out loud, and I'm not going to repeat it, but I knew what I was trying to say, but it came out so. <laughs> blatantly bad and i was just like oh man i can't talk like i'm not allowed to talk anymore can't i can't get get like all all angry and keep talking that's this is what this was that sounded horrible man so eh. it's rough it's rough it's yeah it's rough i agree with Corey over now I'm in New Jersey. New Jersey is a little bit of a different reality than a lot of other regions around the country. New Jersey, we were crushed by this thing. I mean, it was yes. we were surrounded by it, and I've said that yes. multiple times. It's just I happen to agree with Corey specifically on the point that living in fear is not living, and it yes. affects everything about us. And it's affecting uh, the mood in this country, and it's affecting how we treat yes. each other and talk to each other, and it's elevating stress levels for no reason. And look, the analogy I use is this. If you're somebody who is afraid and, let's say, you're nervous, you're nervous about the virus, and that's okay. That's understandable. I don't blame you. For I, for all I know, it would floor me, wreck me, and I'd be peacing out, and that'd be it. There'd be no more Tim on right. Earth. Okay? Fine. But it's like fire. I know what fire is. Okay? I am not afraid of fire. I just know not to touch it. So if you are somebody who is nervous, just take that approach instead of freaking out when someone disagrees with you. Like, we can't keep having this battle for no reason. It's so stupid. It's like, okay, well, if I say I don't care about the virus and I wish that people didn't have to wear masks because I think this and that. Let's say I felt that way. I'm not saying I do, but let's say I did. Well, instead of unleashing on me, instead of going, hey, that's just how you feel about right. it. That's cool. You live how you live. I, me, myself, I'm going to guard up. I'm going to wear a mask and I'm going to wear gloves. Yeah. I'm not going to go out unless I absolutely have to. Whatever. Like, we can't just be cool with how other people are living. I just, that's what I don't get. It's like everything is an offense and an affront to somebody else. That's just nuts to me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. Here's the mind killer. Uh, yes, fear the, is the mind killer. That's absolutely yeah. right. Yes, Dune series. At least that's where I heard yes, that at. Fear but, is the mind yeah, killer. It, 
Yeah, it was, it was great. I, I learned more from one Dune book than I did from, uh, like, a bunch of self-help sports get in the zone books. I was like, oh, get here's the mind the zone. Boom. Get in the zone with Sam Hayeswinkle. That here's should be the book. Go. There it is. And that's going to be every page. It's like, hey, here's the mind killer. <laughs> you can't be scared of getting tired. You got to just, just uh, agree. You can't live in fear. And yeah, my dad, dad said it real well. He's like, man, I don't want to just stay cooped up on my house. Like, I don't have a whole lot of years left. I don't want to live them in the house. Like, I want to, I want to be out and about. Like, yeah, all right. That's a, that's a good way to say it. Like, and he didn't want to like he gets it he understands the risk but he's not trying to he's like that's not living you know that's not living like all right you're you're older and wiser than me sounds good i mean so then it's i a went choice. It's found a choice somebody to work he out wants with to make like how he yeah, lives exactly okay exactly he's, and he's and, not hurting anybody is he go, if, is he going around uh you know coughing in people's faces is he going right. around wielding it, it, a machete like what is he doing no none of yeah, that it's common, so, use some common sense is what it is is use common sense and, uh yeah it's it's a crazy time we live in i'll go with that i'll, I'll stay neutral it's a crazy time we live in all right, and that was Sam Hayeswinkle, who I really wanted to bring on to talk about the rankings. Obviously, the conversation evolved. It, it had no choice but to do that. I haven't talked to Sam in a little bit of a while, so it was good to catch up. But Sam was very instrumental in the formation of a big part of our rankings, which is the two-tier system for tournaments, Tier 1, Tier 2. That was something he and I began discussing in 2018, right around the summer was when we really kind of broke this open and it was the UWW ranking series that was responsible for the conversation because at the time I was asked to provide insights regarding the ranking series to UWW and I was dealing with Sam a lot because he was on the world team and a lot of those discussions between Sam and I used to kind of delve off into myriad topics and ideas and things like that and Sam just has I mean he has Literally, if he doesn't have the best like overall wrestling mind in the sport, it's he's in the top two or three. I mean, he knows everything, and he also just doesn't have an agenda. Sam just wants what's best for the sport. And when I say sport, sport as a whole. Sam is definitively a wrestling-is-wrestling wrestling individual, which I kind of am not. But nevertheless, I love him. And I thought Jesse Porter, Jesse Porter knocked it out of the park. That's his first appearance on this program. I mean, if you wanted honest, respectful, logical kind of perspectives, Porter gave them all to you. Just one right after the other. So episode 40, top to bottom, solid one. I don't know if I look at 40 as a milestone sort of thing, the way you would look at age 40, let's say. And I turned 40 last year, and I can tell you, my 40th birthday, my Mercury didn't move. It was a normal day for me. I don't even really remember. What did we even do? I know I had five-point stuff to do. I remember I didn't feel well. That I do remember. I didn't feel great. I folded laundry and watched the movie Narc. And then, I don't know, I think we all went over to my mom's house and 
had a little crumb cake or something like that. Anyway, point is, is that I didn't look at 40 for my birthday as a huge deal. Wanted to make this one a solid one just because it was episode 40. And I think it was more than solid, but I'm biased. In fact, I think the only thing that wasn't awesome about episode 40 was Hall's Connection, which is, you know, that's something we're all used to. Anyway, social media concerns. To follow Jesse Porter on Instagram, you can do so at jporter2015. That's right, 2015. And you can follow him on Twitter. Jesse Porter on Twitter is jporter underscore 2015. And Sam Hayeswinkle is not on the Instagram. There's an Instagram account bearing his name. That is not his. And if it is, he's never used it. But he's active on Twitter. And I think a lot of you probably understand that. Either way, his handle is at Sam the Hayes. <sighs> Dennis Hall on Twitter. Okay. Let's go. If you want to follow Dennis Hall on Twitter for no other reason than you have 15 seconds or so to open up the app and type in his name, well, go ahead and waste your time. That is at Dennis Hall WGW. But, of course, you'll have better luck searching him up on Facebook under Truth of Wrestling. That's where you'll get more posts, more quote-unquote content. He has a tendency to share videos and once in a while a meaningful message of sorts, whatever. There you go. Truth of Wrestling on Facebook. And for USA Greco-Roman news and athlete perspectives, please go to 5.move.com. And as always, follow along on Twitter at 5, the number 5, PT Movie. That's it for episode 4-0, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.